The Musters on the Farm. Brought to you by Southland District Council. Working together for a better Southland. Easy like Sunday morning. Heading down to Glenham, just out of Wyndham, catching up with Dean Ravage this afternoon on the muster. Uh, Dino, how's things? Yeah, pretty good, thanks, Andy. Did you have a good weekend? Oh, just, yeah, not not too bad. Just um, family-orientated weekends for a change, which is quite nice, I suppose. Yeah, it's yeah. always good to have that before the silly season starts, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like, we're less than a month away now, and we'll have lambs on the ground, and yeah, calving's going to come around pretty quickly too. I think the rest of the cows come home. Next Friday, so um, yeah, but in saying that, it will be nice to get some milk in the vet, some income coming back into the bank um, account, which is quite sad at the moment. You're on the front page of this uh, local rag today. Um, we're talking about wind farms. You got a bee in your bonnet over this, haven't you? Yeah, I do have a real pee in the bonnet. That's probably an understatement, Andy. Um, yeah, so as people are probably well aware, there's a proposed wind farm going in um, in Slapdown, um, which is the gateway to the Catlins. And they're talking sort of 50 turbines. And these aren't just turbines, these, these are big mothers. Um, 220 metres tall. Uh, so they'll be visible from all of Southland, really. Um, just to give you a bit of context, the, the viewing platform on the Sky Tower is about that height, and the Sky Tower is um, 320 metres tall in total. So, yeah, you're not going to be far off having sky tears dotted right across a very visible and outstanding natural landscape that all of Southland can see. So um, it's raising alarm bells, really. Um, and what sort of precedent, if this goes ahead, will it set for the rest of Southland? And when you start doing a bit of digging, it's quite scary about other sites that have already been earmarked for similar sort of development. Um, Oknoe's at the south, south end of the Takatimu's and... Basically, any exposed knob in Southland uh, has got a, a wee dot on it when you find a certain map online um, for a proposed, well, potential wind farm site. So, um, yeah, it's quite scary, really, what uh, these things could do to our, our, our stunning province, really, that a lot of people come from all around the world to visit for its natural landscape beauty and, and stuff. So, um, yeah, we've got a real fight on our hands, but I think it's a fight we need to making a big deal about because if we don't uh, somehow get the brakes put on this one, I think it'll be floodgates for Southland and their stunning province will have wee white crosses all over it in the form of wind turbines, which um, are yeah, quite symbolic, really. So to put it into context, the turbines of White Hill near Mosburn are 107. Yeah, so twice the size of those. They are they're massive. Um, yeah, it's quite alarming. Like, and that's when you combine it with the, the turbines going up on the Kawira wind farm already, there's sort of be 60 visible potentially up on that hill um, from, from a lot of the province and parts of Otago also. So, um, like the, the tagline is that they can produce power for 150,000 homes in Southland, which is um, if they're running close to 100% efficiency, but we all know that when it's too windy, they turn off, and when there's not enough wind, they also turn off. So, You've got to question some of the stats that are being sold to the public about it, really. Um, you can't help but wonder that Southland's been made a bit of a scapegoat um, trying to save the world by putting up wind farms because of our 2% of the population. And what is left of us to, to try and buy off, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, or less resistance. So I think, well, I hope they've underestimated the um, Southland people when we can really. Um, 
put up some robust discussion about it. I suppose a counter-argument is, though, Dean, we're looking at renewable energy these days, and um, this is perhaps the way the future's going to look. Yeah, well, renewable may be. Um, these things have only got a lifespan of 30 years, and at the moment there's no... Um, viable recycling opportunity for them. But in the same same argument, we've been told renewable energy is the way forward, which I totally agree with, don't get me wrong. Um, but in the same breath, we always get told how we need to maintain our minimum flows in our rivers, we need um, water security, we need flood protection, and we also need food security. So if you ask me, a dam up, or dam some of these valleys that have been planted in bloody pine trees, that's an argument for another day. Um, and, and generate hydro, we can maintain the minimum flows. We've got irrigation for food production, um, and then we've also got the added benefit of, of um, recreational things, and also very efficient and reliable um, electricity generation. So, let's go and build some, build some dams. I think I think there'll be a lot better way forward. Like um, quite often said, that you don't see um, holiday destinations like Crawl pop up under a wind farm, do you? So. Um, but there's way more opportunities, and I think these wind farms are very, very short-sighted. What communication have you had with Contact Energy regarding this? Um, we've had some very tokenistic consultation um, evenings. We've been invited to, and there's another one, two days coming up in Wyndham on the 1st and 2nd of August, but you've actually got to go online like you're buying tickets to a bloody Taylor Swift concert to, to book in for these um, um, consultation or these meetings with Contact to, to raise any issues and or, I suppose, like a balance, go to support these things. Um, so, yeah, they're just ticking the boxes to um, to try and aid their fast-track resource consent process, I guess. Public sentiment in your area, what is it? Um, well, I suppose I'm, I'm travelling in a very limited circle, uh, but there's a very strong opposition, um, especially in the Mokoretic, Blenheim, Wyndham areas. Um, some people have voiced their support for them, which is fair, but... Um, I can't seem to find too much support. You don't see uh, meetings being organised in, in halls uh, to support these things, but you do to oppose them. So I think that's quite telling in itself. Do you think this is just trying to be railroaded through just at the start and they've actually not done the consultation process properly? Is that your biggest concern at the moment? Uh, it's just like any sort of government-driven proposal at the moment. Um, consultation is just a simple tick boxes. Exercise bare minimum. Um, to make it legal, no, just look at your um, winter grazing and all that sort of care on it. It's limited consultation at the worst time of year type scenario. So uh, that's why we're just trying to make it, people aware of it. So you get along um, on the first and second in Wyndham. You've got to go online and fill out a form and get your tickets and go along. So um, we encourage people to do that regardless of their views about it really and become more informed. That's probably the big thing here, isn't it? Just information so people know they can have a, a view for themselves based on information. Yeah, exactly. And I just don't think that people understand the scale and size of it also. To, um, so go along, get some context around that and um, make up your own mind. But um, it's no secret I've made up mine. I made it up a long time ago. Good on you, Dean. Always appreciate your time. Thanks, Andy. Dean Ravage there, farming at Glenham. Before the end of the hour, we'll catch up with Tom O'Brien uh, out of Garston. But up next, Jill Naylor from Rural Women New Zealand.